Hey, and welcome to the Aloha Church Podcast. We believe that full life is found in Jesus. And after this message, if you have any questions, please engage with us over social media or connect with us on a Sunday morning. We so hope you enjoy this message. This is what the Lord says. Do not let the wise boast. Say boast. Boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast. Say boast. In their power, the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone. There's the only thing we should boast about, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love, mm, who brings justice and righteousness to the earth, and that I delight in these things. I, the Lord, have spoken. When I hear this word boast, I thought, man, like, it kind of sounds like the word post, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, what we boast about is in our hearts, what we post about, could that be similar? This is, this, this is like my translation, it's not like the original language, but I was just thinking that. And then I thought, oh my goodness, this week, if you were to follow me on the Instagram official, right, not that many people do, all I posted about was my son Duke, 12 year old, hitting his first home run. So sweet. It was in my, I'm a proud dad, right? I told Terry about it. At the, hey, guess what my son did? Posted it. And what's even cooler is that two days later in the championship game, he hits another home run. And I posted that as well. And that's okay, right? I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm reading on this, I'm like, only thing we should be posting and boasting about is that I truly know the Lord. So I, sometime today, I should go back on the Instagram official, right? Because I only post like once every two weeks. I just take a selfie. Hey, here we are, family. Come on. Let us, let everybody know we're here. But what are we posting about? What are we boasting about? Truly knowing the Lord. I'm going to talk to you guys about knowing God today in an intimate way. We thought, arguably... Arguably, what what would be like the, what would be, exactly, what would be the purpose of church? Like, what are we supposed to be helping people know and understand? Probably arguably, why you were created, right? Like, why you were created is what we should be helping you understand. Because this gives you purpose. It gives you identity. Identity is a really big deal, especially now. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? What's life all about? What am I supposed to be doing? Where do I belong? So in your notes, I have some notes here for you guys. Um, it says, we were created to know God. Simple, right? We were created to know God. And I want to unpack this knowing God a little bit more. Because that would be an A. Knowing God is the highest boast in our life. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. We're created to know God. That's arguably the most important thing or the mission of the church. And we're created to know God. Knowing God is the, the highest boast in our life. Does that make sense? God is delighted when we boast and honor 
and praise him. When we tell people we have an intimate relationship with God, that should be like the highest boast in our life. And it says this. I just read that, right? Jeremiah. A good man, Luke, a good man says good things. These come from the good that is in stored up in his heart. An evil man says evil things. These come from the things that are stored up in his heart. A person's mouth says that is in his heart. Luke 6, 45. So we think, like, what are we always talking about? And I can ask you that, you can tell me, but a better test would be to, if I ask, like, your friends. <laughs> You're like, oh, man. I ask your wife, ask your spouse, ask your brothers and sisters, what are they always talking about? What are they always boasting about? What are they always posting about? Because what you post about, what you boast about, what you talk about is what's in your heart, right? If there's always bitterness coming out, negativity, critical of people, that's just an insecure heart. But if there's generosity and thankfulness and always like praising people and encouraging people, that shows a thankful heart. And what's in our heart comes out. And it's like a good test for yourself. You know, we don't have to go on people. Just you kind of know. Just got a good test. Like, what am I talking about? What am I thinking about? What is coming out of my mouth? When I'm in different circles, you, you know you're on different circles. We're in different circles and different communities and different things. And there's like different circles or your neighbors. There's always like a neighbor. Oh, man. Just, they like to just complain a lot about like the cars parking this far off the, the curb, you're like, okay, really? Wow, man. <laughs> the weeds in their yard, oh, wow. Like, this is nonstop. I'm like, oh, that's just an ungrateful heart. There's something going on in that person's heart. So I listen, and I try to, like, point out good, you know, just what's in our heart. Make sense? So what are you boasting about? It's our highest boast in our life. And here's what God says, is that the word knowing God a lot of people know God in the West, the Western world. A lot of people know about God. We know facts about God. We have Bibles everywhere. We have the Holy Google, right? <laughs> we know about God. Most America knows about God. But this word know, we only have like this word in English is know. But the original idea, the, the, the original word is this word yada. Say yada. Sounds like y'all dog. It's like y'all dog. Turn your neighbor and say y'all dog. Okay. Get a little hood there. So here's this verb here. So this is right Hebrew. Yada to know and it's experiential knowledge. It's a knowledge of experiencing something or someone. For instance, in Genesis 4:1, the Bible says, and Adam knew Eve. You know what I'm talking about, okay? Experientially knowing his wife intimately. The most intimate way of, he knew Eve's name, but he called her Woe Man because he woke up. He's like, Whoa, man! Y'all, dog! Right? And then he, <laughs> and then he knew her intimately. It's just intimately knowing. You're like, there's kids in here. It's PG version. This is Sunday school version, right? Sunday school version is this. <laughs> so, like, hmm, this is a good illustration. Look at that. 
junior high pastor, object lesson. I know intellectually this bench will support me when I sit down. I saw Michael sit on it. We've stood on it. I know it's built structurally, has four legs. I know it. Is that, is that yada? Nah, da. This is yada. Da. What up, da? Right? Now I know. I'm experiencing it. This is how the difference of knowing God are the... Yeah, doc. The, the, all day. The church, our, one of our responsibilities, one of our missions in this life is to help you know what you created for. You were created to have this experiential knowledge of God. Is this tracking with you? An intimate understanding of our Lord. B, on your notes. Knowing God intimately is worth losing everything in life for. It's so important. It's worth losing everything else you try to understand or try to accomplish in the flesh. We have so many goals and so many aspiration, aspirations, so much things we um, acquire to learn and do in a bucket list. And Paul is saying, knowing God is worth losing everything in your life for. So we ask the question to ourselves, what are we scared of losing out on? Or what are we scared of losing to know God intimately? For some of us, it could be our street cred, right? Or our reputation. Maybe our job. Maybe a relationship or relationships. Losing finances. There's a lot to risk, but it's worth losing everything to know God. Because that's what you were created for. If you're not willing to risk that, that takes faith. Status. Here's one of my favorite verses. This is Paul. Because Paul, we know, he risked everything. This is what Paul says. Yes, everything else is worthless. Say worthless. Worthless. When compared with the infinite value of knowing, yada, intimate, everything else is worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing God, Christ, Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. Say garbage. Garbage. Rubbish. Right? Basura. Is that right? Yeah, I got you guys. Learning some Spanish, man. Mucho aloha. Counting it all as basura. So that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Philippians 3, 8. So as we know, Paul used to be Saul and he was a baller, shot caller. He was. Paul was being educated to be a rabbi. He was a Roman citizen. He had like incredible street cred. Where he rode, he, they, they moved out of the way on the street. It was said that Paul was present at 
the death of Stephen. Stephen was the first uh, Christian martyr. He was stoned to death. And at Stephen's death, they took Stephen's clothes and they laid him at Paul's feet. So he's a shot caller. Right? He's the man. And Paul says, dude, this is all garbage. All of Paul's credentials is garbage. And this, I love the Bible because it, it gives us a translation of this, but if you, uh, this, is the, this is like a benefit. I, went, I did go to Bible college and it took, took some languages and I, long story short, I got kicked out twice, but I picked up some stuff. These are the kind of verses that you pick up. Because in the original language, this word garbage, it's not basura. It's this Greek word, skubalon. Can you say skubalon? Up here, skubalon, original. Can't even say the original, it's Greek. It's a noun. The transliteration is skubalon. The definition is dung. It means poop. You can imagine Paul back in the day. I consider it, and he maybe even said it. (laughs) He may have said it, right? There was no filter back then. It wasn't like, that's not the Christian thing to say. You can't, you can be a Christian and cuss a little. How many no friends like that? (laughs) Raise your hand, no friends like that? Yeah, you're like, I'm not raising your hand because the person next to you is like, that's my friend right here. (laughs) I love Jesus, but I cuss a little bit. Maybe it's poop. I don't know. Is that a cuss word? I don't know. My grandma said it all the time. Right? Paul said, it's all scubalon. <clears throat> Story gets better. So I graduate Bible college with all this awesome knowledge in my brain. I go get a job at Horizon Christian School. Jackie graduated from there, right? I'm a teacher. I'm 25 years old. There's dress-up day. So... You look in the yearbook, 2005, Jackie's in there somewhere. On the, uh, on the second page, there's this picture of this 25-year-old teacher. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Scubalon Man. <laughs> Coach Tevis. Basically, I just came as a doodle boy. I don't know how this school didn't do their Greek. I did. And it, I don't know how it made it the yearbook, but it did. All because God knew I was going to use it in the sermon 20 years later. <laughs> Scubalon, man. Bible teacher. Ended up not working at that school for a little longer than that, but I became a youth pastor. <laughs> Got a lot of other cool verses in the Bible we can just talk about later <laughs> that my freshman boy brain knows. But anyways, everything in our life, all to the point of worth nothing. It's trash. It's not just trash. It's poop. It stinks. Useless, right? Because you think there are some things, maybe garbage. I could use garbage, right? You could find some cool stuff in the garbage. But poop, maybe that's probably just fertilizer, right? Makes things grow. (laughs) What in our life are we holding on to that would not be writ to lose for the sake of Jesus, knowing him 
intimately. And then it gets even better because I said it's on the preheating up the grill for Father's Day, right? Move forward there. It says Romans 8.1. The Holy Spirit, oh, Paul says, to know him and the one who raised him from the dead. Paul's talking about what raised Jesus from the dead. What do we know raised Jesus from the dead? We're talking about it for like a month. The power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.1. The Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. If the same Holy Spirit lives in you, he will give you life to your bodies in the same way. So that's the big idea. Help people understand why they were created. We were created to know God, but know yada, know experientially, right? Because everything else in our life is garbage. What are we looking for? That's a question you have to ask the Lord. Number two, we were created to know God. This is big. This is, this is, this, we talk about this at Aloha a lot. It's in our life class. We were created to know God in the context of a loving father. Okay? So how do we know God? Big guy, powerful guy. No, no, no. We were created to know God in the context, in the framework of a loving father. John 1.12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right, it's our right, to become children of God. My prayer, our prayer, is that we pray to work to bring people into ever-deepening, loving relationship with God as their Father. That's your identity as a child of, in God. If you understand your identity as his child, everything else will be worthless to know that he's your dad. It's more, into, it's more than just an intellectual knowledge of God. A lot of people study the Bible, have, can go to school and have theological degrees, and, but knowing God as a loving dad, that's intimate. This is what Jesus did. When he came, he brought this new term, Father, to us. Because back then, God was far off. He was like out there, transcendent, all-powerful, judgmental. You had to do all these rules to be in good favor with him. That's religion. And Jesus came and he said, hey, when you guys pray, this is how to pray. And what did he say? Our Father. He said, Abba, Daddy. Our Father, who art in heaven, Holy is his name. You can approach God as a father because you're his children and we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. We are a family. This is what Jesus did. My prayer is not for them alone, he says. I pray also for, the, for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the word may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. The same benefits Jesus has 
with his father, we have. So you can imagine what kind of relationship did Jesus have with his father? Intimate, caring, secure, love. All these things that Jesus had with his father that he went away to pray with and be with, we have as his children. A lot of times we don't think that. But some of us on the heels of Father Day coming up, maybe statistically not everybody, right? One or two people here have a maybe bad relationship with their father. Exaggeration. What if you had a bad relationship with your earthly father? What if you didn't know your earthly father? What if your earthly father, right, was abusive? That could be tough. So oftentimes we push that away. We push that title away. We just want to know God intellectually. But Jesus says, despite of your earthly father, you are adopted into my family, and he is your father. Our relationship with our father or if you're a dad, our relationship with our sons, because I blow it all the time, right? I'm, oh my gosh, is not analogous with Jesus. That's not, the, that's not the model relationship. The model relationship is Jesus and his father, because that's our relationship with our, our heavenly father, which is our highest both, boast worth everything else in life, right? Even if your father is great. Right? There's a lot of good fathers here, amazing fathers. But you know, we, we know ourselves. We're like, oh, man, I, I just. So that's not to, put pres- not to put pressure on fathers. A lot of times on Father's Day, right, we always celebrate moms. Moms are amazing. Moms, thank you. There's a bunch of flowers. And Dad's Day, we're like, Dad, you got to step it up. <laughs> so my attendance on Father's Day is usually lowered. Like, oh, my gosh. Come on, we need men. Step up. We need the fathers and all the statistics. Guys are like, oh, gosh, this sucks. I feel like Scubalon, you know. <laughs> That's not the point. The point is that we could have relationship with God the Father just like Jesus had with God the Father. Amen? And that's beautiful. That's powerful. So three things. What time is it? Three things that a relationship with God as my Father brings into my life. There's a lot of things. We're just going to go three because the food is really good today. Right? <laughs> so on your notes, three things a relationship with God the Father should bring into your life. Number one is love. It should bring love into your life because God is love himself. God doesn't possess love. God doesn't create love. God is love. You have God as your Father in your life. It should fill you up with his love. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Romans 5.5. 5. Right? God, understanding God as your father, yada intimately, would fill your heart and a filled heart overflows. What's in your heart comes out of where? Your mouth. So you boast about if your heart's filled with God's love it'll probably fruit of the words of your mouth will come out kind forgiving patience encouragement right two 
an unshakable faith. Unshakable faith. This battles are insecurity. We don't know our identity. We're always trying to gain favor with God, right? Like, oh, like through church attendance, through Bible reading, through prayer, all the disciplines are all great things. Oftentimes we use those things to try to gain favor and get in our, no, if you're a child of God, you're God's child, right? I have four kids. They're my children. Nothing they could do would take that away, can it? No. They're my children, always. They're my family. Even when they, if they haven't done this yet, but even if they rebel against me, they're my children. I love them, relationally. Faith, by faith you have been saved. Do you get saved by works? Do you? Can you be unsaved by not doing works? No. Are you saved by doing? No. Saved by faith in what Jesus already did. So can you be unsaved by not doing? No. Through faith. But we like to think so because... It gives us control, right? That's religion. When Jesus came, he said, repent. Change the way you think about your father God. Oh, room went silent. It's like it's clicking. That's the Holy Spirit revealing things to you. Holy Spirit pushed things into your heart. You get it. That's yada, intimate love in your heart. Because we hear this all the time. We see it. We read it. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we go right back to like the doing and having our hand in our salvation. He's your father. Unshakable faith. Romans 8.38. I think Joel read this. 8.35. Joel did a phenomenal job in Romans, right? Phenomenal. Brother. Wow. Wow, dude. 27 years old. 27 years old. I was doodle boy. So good job, Joel. Head start. Romans 8.35, can anything separate us from Christ's love? Answer, no. You sure? Can anything separate us from Christ's love? No. I am convinced, is Paul. He's convinced. We should be convinced. I am convinced. So you say, nothing can change my mind. That's unshakable. Yeah? That nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hello, kids here, can separate us from God's love. Nada. Here I go again. Nothing. Nothing can separate us. Can anything separate my kids from my love? No, and I'm an earthly, sinful person. We're all children of God. He loves you as a father. Yada, yofada, right? C, a great hope. Say hope. Great hope. So love fills us up, comes out of our hearts. We have unshakable faith, certain and secure, and then a hope, a hope, because this world is temporary. 
This world's fast. Dear friends, we already, dear friends, we are already God's children. Thanks. But he has not yet shown us what he will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. So a question, do you wake up every morning and think, what does God have for me today? Do you wake up with a great expectation like, I'm up, God's going to, man, God's going to bless me. I can't wait to see what my Father in heaven has for me. That's a great hope and expectation. I would agree that's what God would want you waking up to. I'm a good father. I have something for you. I'm going to be with you even today, all the days. It could be tough days, really hard days. Some of us wake up with a lot of stuff we have to deal with. And God says, I'm, expect me to show you my goodness and my glory, to have love and unshakable faith. How many of you guys want to wake up with that kind of hope? I do. I really do. Because some days are t- I don't want to wake up. Yeah? Well, God's your father. Great hope. Man, Martin Luther. Not King, right? This other Martin Luther back in the day. Right? We know two, right? What Martin Luther said this? Old school one. The white one said this. <laughs> Most men have just enough religion to take the fun out of sinning, but not enough to bring them any real joy. Read that again. Most people have just enough religion to take the fun out of sinning. That's what religion does, right? It's like guilt, shame, uh, doing, on me, exhausting, uh, pride. But not enough to bring them any real joy. We need, God, as our Father, brings us joy. I always say this, Jesus was the most joyful person that ever lived. We sometimes see movies like he's going to the cross. Like, oh, man, he must have been like, oh, my gosh, these disciples are dummies. You don't get it? Come on, guys, really? Jesus was so joyful. Why? Had a relationship with the Father, love, unshakable faith, and great hope. So worship team, you guys can come up here. And we're going to respond to this. I know there's... um, Father's Day coming up, and it's tough, and maybe some of our fathers have passed away. We don't talk to them. Some of them are close to us. Regardless of what kind of dad you have or don't have before the week of Father's Day, the Bible does say honor our father and mother. Different than obeying everything they say, you can honor your father and mother and the Bible says this command has a promise. When we honor our father and mother, we have long life. We can honor our father wherever he's at, right? God knows what kind of relationship you have with your dad or don't have with your dad. But before Father's Day, it'd be hard to do this on Father's Day, be like today, but this week, some of us may have to just go to our father in heaven and ask him, Lord, I know you're a good God, and I thank you for my dad because you're here today because of a, a dad right maybe ask the Lord if that needs to be some forgiveness there 
Maybe there's some forgiveness. If you, the Bible says, if we understand like how much we are being forgiven by our Father, we are, we are commanded to forgive those who sinned against us. And it could be really tough to forgive your dad. And it might be a process. You may have to go to see a good Christian therapist to deal with trauma, right? We want to help you in that. That's you. We want to help you in that. Prayer. Give it to your Father, God your Father, because that's who you are. For some of you, this is amazing news. Like, this is awesome. I'm a child of God. I want love and hope and joy and expectation. I want to be able to forgive. What's going on? I want to pray for you. And some of you never, you might have known about God, like intellectually, because you live in America, right? You're like, God, yeah, it's on our money. In God we trust. That is, that's not <laughs> intimately knowing your Father in heaven. Maybe you grew up in church. You've been religious. You know how to spell the word God. Great. <laughs> Maybe today you're like, I want to intimately know God is my Father. And he wants to forgive you. I'll always say, hey, a prayer of salvation. I want to receive Jesus into my heart. I want to repent of how I thought about God and believe in what Jesus did for me on the cross. I believe I'm a sinner. The Bible says all fall, fall short of God's perfect holiness. It's not morality, it's perfection. I fall short. I need a savior. His name is Jesus. And he loves you. Well, how do I know God loves me? Well, he sent his only son to die for you on the cross. It would be blasphemous to say that God doesn't love you. Okay? It would be. It would be blasphemous to say that God doesn't love you. He demonstrated his love for you by sending his only son to die. I have one son. I wouldn't do that for you. <laughs> it's got to hit more home runs. We got to go to championship next year. Just kidding. <laughs> I, would, I, have, I, I have three daughters. I wouldn't I would send any of my kids a daughter to die for you, right? Some of you wouldn't even send your dog to die for somebody. You love your dog, right? God sent his only son to die for you. That's how much he loves you. To forgive you of your sin you believe in him and confess that he is Lord, the Bible says he will forgive you your sins and you're seated, you're made new in Christ, a new identity adopted, righteous, forgiven, perfect, no longer, as Joel said, a sinner. You're a new creation. I'm going to pray for you too. And then we have a baptism at the end of the month. That's what that symbolizes. So two, two groups of people. Forgiving our dads, restoring a relationship with our earthly father because our heavenly father is so good. And then salvation. Is that good? I'm going to pray. We're going to worship. We'll have prayer team on the side. You can just go to them for any kind of prayer. And then we're going to 
celebrate Father's Day next week outside. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you so much, God, for being a good, good father. You're a good father, a daddy. Jesus called you father. We pray, our father who art in heaven, holy is your name. So, Lord, if there's anyone here, I know it's, this is a, could be a, a sensitive time. We have probably all at some point had rebellion towards our earthly dad, stepdad, a guardian who's acted like a dad. Some of us don't know our dads. Some of us, there's a lot of tension there. We pray that we would give that to you. We would surrender that pain, that hurt to you, Lord, to our heavenly father. We would fill our heart with forgiveness. we know you've forgiven us of so many things we could extend that forgiveness to people and be set free from holding on to unforgiveness holding on to bitterness Lord pray for those in here who know what, what the words that come out of our mouth we're starting to realize wow what's in my heart man what's in my heart and we would care enough about the people in our community we would listen to what they're saying and remind people who they are in Christ, who they are becoming in Jesus. We're here to edify people in our church and strengthen and encourage. And Father, then for another, maybe a smaller group of people who don't know you as their father, maybe have known of you, but we pray that they would know you intimately as their father fill them up with love as they repent of sin turn to you believe in you and in this moment this would be a salvation moment a moment in time you've already been working in their heart so whether they stand or tell somebody but they know man I'm, I'm a Christian I'm, I want to be a follower of Jesus I'm a child that God adopted into a new family we love you, Jesus. Thank you, Aloha Church, as we always continue to help people discover who they were created to be in you, Jesus. Loving Father, in the context of a loving Daddy, we worship you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Aloha Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about living free in Jesus, please reach out to us. We hope God spoke something wonderful and life-giving to you today. Until next time. Lots of love and aloha.